We are 42 days away from the start of the 2022 Penn State football season when the Nittany Lions head to West Lafayette to take on Purdue Thursday, September 1st, 8 p.m. on Fox. I am very, very pumped about this season. I know I was very pumped about the start of the season last year, but I think this year, the excitement, um, mainly because I think in most areas, we're going to be significantly better than we were last year. And I'll get into some of that, and we have plenty of time to, to talk about this team and the season You know, as we start approaching camp and as we start approaching um, August, and the season is going to be right around the corner before we know it, and that 42 days will become 20 days and 10 days, and then finally it'll be, it'll be football eve for us. Um, so before we do all that, you guys know the housekeeping drills. Welcome back to the Quick Slants, I should say, to, to start things. Um, took some time off. Um, it's been hectic with, with work and the kids, the family, and everything. Uh, season, uh, the summer season has been just off the rails, busy for us. Between work, uh, sports, and camps, every day is just flooded with things. So um, I know I said a while ago that I was going to try and put some good content out there. Me and Christian, shout out to Christian. We have been doing the We Got Next podcast every week, um, but the, the Quick Slants have kind of been on the back burner. Um, I, I told myself before the season started last year, when I started doing this uh, around this time last year, that I wanted to make it not just Penn State football, but all sports. Um, and it kind of turned into obviously primarily Penn State football because I, I did call it the Penn State Quick Slants um, initially, but then I just got rid of the Penn State and made it the Quick Slants. So, as the season gets here, and from this point on, basically, it's going to be all Penn State football. Um, you know, I'll start doing the weekly things again, start bringing in new things, position battles, position groups, season breakdown, you know, all that kind of good stuff, predictions and whatnot. But then as the season starts to unfold, um, the NFL season will be there, the NBA will start to creep in, baseball will be alive and well as the, the postseason comes around. Um, so there will be other sports to dive into. But obviously, the main focus for me um, for the people who listen to this and shout out to all of you is going to be Penn State football. And I think that's that kind of goes without saying with this. So it's still going to be called the Quick Slants, and I will definitely cover other sports and talk about other sports and talk about other stories. But for the most part, 95% of the time, it's going to be Penn State football related. So I say all that. Back to the housekeeping notes. You guys know where to find me on Twitter. I'm at Stephen underscore Springs. Um, go follow my co-host of the Week on Next podcast, Christian Hayes. Shout out to Christian on tw- on Twitter at AO Shifty. Go follow the Week on Next podcast, which is at We underscore Got Next. Obviously, go like and subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Spotify. All right, so just looking at the season as a whole, the first half of the season kind of starts off a little bit like it did last year. We have that opening road game, Big Ten game, not as not as challenging. Uh, West Lafayette, been there, done that. It is not as challenging as as Camp Randall. So th- Thursday night game, kind of trips you up a little bit. Trap game, Purdue is, you know, not, not bad. Um, returning starting quarterback, uh, I did lose some, some offensive weapons and some guys in defense to the draft. So I don't think they're going to be quite what they were last year they had some upsets last year i don't think they'll be quite what they were last year i think we get by them uh the following week um we have ohio coming to town which will be 10 years 
since they beat us in 2012 to open up the season, first game under Bill O'Brien. That was absolutely miserable. But I don't think this year is is like that. I think we steamroll through them. They are one of the bottom bottom feeders of the uh, in, in the country, so I think we steamroll get through them. Auburn on the road um, down at Brian um, Jordan Hare Stadium, I should say. Auburn fans would not be happy if I said Brian Brian Denny. Um, Jordan Hare Stadium, three thirty September seventeenth. It is going to be hot. It's going to be extremely hot, and that's not something that you can prepare for. Um, I'd love to ask Jordan. Because uh, they went down to Alabama his sophomore year, I believe it was, um, my freshman year of college. Ask him maybe how how they kind of dealt with that. It was, I believe that was also a night game, or maybe maybe it was one of those 3.30 games, but I believe it was a night game. Um, so maybe how to deal with that, you can't really prepare for that at all, because it's just a different type of heat when you go down to the south. Um, I think we're better than Auburn. I think we were better than last year, and obviously we, we proved that. <clears throat> it was a, a close one, but I think we were we were the better team. Um, they have Tank Bigsby as well, back again for another season. We obviously know what he can do, but I, I don't think outside of Bigsby, they're not as good as they were last year. Uh, they lost Bo Nix. Um, I, think, I think going on the road down there is going to be tough, obviously. It's a 3-30 game, CBS, but I think... Our defense is is what's going to carry us this year. Offensively, we'll get to that eventually. Offensively, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be much better than we were last year, and I'll talk about that. But defensively, I think that we're going to. That's what we're going to rely on. I think in a game like that, you need the defense to step up and make those plays when they, you know, when they when they should. And I think we will. So I think three no good start. Central Michigan, Northwestern. After that, the following two weeks, uh, both home games uh, before bye week, uh, which is great. So uh, we got Central Michigan, September 24th. I think we beat them. Northwestern, I, I know that they've sunk a lot of money, money into their into their program. I know that they're trying to get on the right track, uh, right on the right on the right track with Pat Fitzgerald, and he's you know they they're you know they're eight and four, nine and three sometimes, but then they can be five and seven, and you know they're it's you, you never know, and they have some upsets every now and then. I don't think this year is one of them. I think we're better than them. I think it's a you know, home game right before a bye week. I think we, 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 we get by Northwestern. 5-0. and So at Purdue, home to Ohio, at Auburn, home to Central Michigan, and home to Northwestern. 5-0 and start before we head into a very, very tough three, four-game stretch after that. Um, Saturday, the 15th of October, we head to Michigan. And Michigan, their defense is not going to be anywhere close to what it was last year. Not even remotely close. We know who they lost up front and on the back end. It's They're not going to be the same. And I think offensively, um, I know they're going to rely on Blake Corum. I know that that's going to be their, their go-to. Um, I don't think that's going to be enough. I think they're going to take a step back this year. And we haven't had much success out there um, over the last handful of years. But I think that changed this year. I think we can get by them. Um, Minnesota at home. Night game, um, homecoming, we get to wear the, the alternate uniforms. That's going to be dope. Uh, and that's that sandwich between Michigan and Ohio State. So that could be a trap game as well. But again, Minnesota, much like Purdue, not nearly as good as people maybe want to think. Um, I know P.J. Fleck is trying to row the boat in different directions. I hate that saying. But I think, um, you know, I should say he's trying to row it in a straight straight line, but it's going in different directions. So I know they have... Um, 
Muhammad Ibrahim. I think I got that right. Coming up, but coming off an injury, uh, running back. You know, that was first game of the season, so he's had some time to recover. I still think they're not going to be nearly as good as as maybe Minnesota fans want to think, or the college football fans want to think. So I think we should get by them. And then Ohio State, obviously. I know Franklin says no game is ever bigger than the next. I know that's the mentality you should have, but let's get let's let's be honest. That Ohio State game, no matter when it is, no matter where it is, no matter what time it is, you can circle that all day as the game that if we're going to have the season that we want to have and that all the fans and the coaches and the players and everybody associated with Penn State football thinks that we should have, that game is 99.9% of the time going to determine where our season goes. And we've seen it before. We've been in that game undefeated, ranked high, and there's just a handful of plays that happen each year, each game with them that go their way, that don't go our way, and it ends up and it ends up biting us in the ass and we end up losing. And then after that, the season sputters and we just we can't recover after that for whatever reason. So I'll dive into some of the um, opportunities we're going to have to beat Ohio State, obviously down the road, but I'll touch on some of that here in a little bit. After Ohio State, now now listen, if we can get by Ohio State and we're 8-0, we've seen it happen before. We've, we've seen it happen. In 2008, it happened. We got by Ohio State, number three, we were number three in the country. First time we beat them in Columbus in like 40 years. We were number three. We had a very easy rest of the schedule. I don't remember off the top of my head what it was, but I know there was, you know, Michigan State and um, you know, Indiana was in there, I was in there, and we had, you know, we had nothing else to worry about after getting by Ohio State. And then Iowa happened, and we all know what happened after that. But we have at Indiana, home to Maryland, at Rutgers, we finish off the season as we usually do, home against Michigan State. That, this year, I don't think any of those four teams are going to be a quote-unquote threat in the Big Ten. Indiana on the road. Unfortunately, we all know what happened in 2020 against Indiana on the road. Indiana has taken significant steps back. Significant steps back from that 2020 season. So Indiana's, again, like Northwestern, you just don't know what you're going to get with that team. Like Teams like Indiana, Minnesota, Northwestern, even Maryland from time to time, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. But I don't think Indiana is is where they would want to be. I think they're still climbing back to where they you know were looking like they were heading in 2020 and beyond. Um, so I think you know we can get by them. Maryland's at home. I know they have um, Talua Tangavailoa. I know he's uh, super underrated. I know he's a he's a stud. He can be a stud. But Maryland isn't just isn't quite there. And I still think they're a couple years away couple big-time guys away from, from making that leap into that next tier in the Big Ten. But I think we can get by them. Rutgers is a complete dumpster fire. And Michigan State, I think, is definitely going to take a step back as well this year. Um, I think last year they had a really good season, but I think they're going to be another team, much like much like the other Michigan team, I think they're going to take a step back as well. So, look, heading into Ohio State, which is halfway through the season, October 29th, we have to be, you know, if we want to have any chance, any chance at all at – Making it to the Big Ten and having aspirations of making that, making the playoff run like we all want to do, we got to have one loss. And I know there's no ideal loss. Ideally, that one loss would come maybe at Auburn. So there's no Big Ten losses once we get to Ohio State and, you know, clean slate, at least in the conference. Um, I looked at Ohio State's schedule, by the way. They opened up with five straight home games. 
Granted, two of those games are Notre Dame and Wisconsin, but nonetheless, five straight home games. Their schedule after that isn't isn't that challenging either. So that's that sucks that we that we have to open up, you know, on the road, you know, against Purdue on a Thursday, then go down to Auburn and everything, and Ohio State gets to open up, not travel whatsoever at all for for five weeks. Basically all September and then two weeks into October, basically. They're they're just they're just chilling in Columbus. Um, so that makes me hate them even more. But again, one loss is all we can have heading into that game in State College. And they haven't announced the TV TV time for that, but my guess is that it's going to be a noon game on Fox. Fox has done the big noon kickoff in Columbus for, for Ohio State, Penn State before, I think once, um, but we haven't done it in State College. I don't think we've played Ohio State outside of um, a 7.30, 8 o'clock kickoff since like the early 2000s. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we haven't played Ohio State um, you know, other than a night game since the early 2000s. Maybe Joe Paz 323 win. I could be wrong, though. Um, but anyway, so our schedule to start the season, it, it's it's very tough, right? It's very tough. Um, but I, I think if we can get to Ohio State, 6-1, 7-0, obviously 7-0 is ideal. But if we can get to them, I, I think the rest of the season after that, you know, we've seen it happen before. And I'm sure it'll happen again at some point. Hopefully not this season. Um, we just got to take care of business. The last four games of the season, you know, like I said, at Indiana, First Maryland at Rutgers and home to Michigan State to finish out the season. Those are all such winnable games. Every game on this schedule. And I know it's cliche to say every game is winnable. Like some teams can't say that. Like Purdue can't say that every year. Like Ohio, Central Michigan, those teams are not saying that every single year. Like since 2016, 2017, since probably 2017 really, every game on our schedule is winnable. Every game. We have the talent to win every single game on our schedule. And I know you all agree with that. You might not want to say it, but I know you all agree with that. Like we have all the talent that we could ask for. And then some sometimes. We've we've just been missing some pieces. And I think obviously now switching gears into the team itself, obviously the most glaring need for us is at the offensive line. And if you look at our starters this year from left to right. Fashan with the left tackle. Landon Tangwall at left guard. Juice Scruggs at the center. My guess is probably Hunter Norzad, the transfer from Cornell, at right guard. And then Caden Wallace at right tackle. A couple things stand out from, from that group right there. A, they're enormous. Juice Scruggs was our heaviest interior lineman last year. He is the lightest this year. Okay, Landon Tangwall playing at left guard. He was playing at left tackle last year, playing out of position. I mean, the dude's 6'6", 332 pounds. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. And I will say it probably until I am blue in the face. I don't need, and we don't need five All-Americans across the board. Okay? I don't need I don't need that. I don't need five first-round draft picks across the board. I just need an offensive line that can sustain drives, open up holes to the running back, allow those running backs to get to the second level without being touched, and then match up with a linebacker or safety coming down or whatever it is and make those plays. Open up those holes. Because if we can get you know get five yards on first down, set up second and five, get another five yards, and just run the ball, run the ball, and then boom, over the top, 
to the, to the talented receivers we have, to the ta- talented tight ends we have, like that's that's so like that's it, that's it, that's how we're gonna win games, that's how we're gonna beat Ohio State, that's how we're gonna beat everybody on schedule, that's how we're gonna win the Big Ten again, that's how we're gonna get to the playoffs. I know it's way easier said than done, but we have a ton of talent now on this team, and we cannot let it go to waste. Top to bottom, and I said this in my offensive preview, top to bottom, offensive and defense, this is the most talented team that James Franklin has ever had at Penn State. Has ever had, top to bottom. I know we've had some top-tier college football players come through under James Franklin, and we've had some top-tier players at certain positions. But the the gap between the ones and the twos, and Franklin alluded to this in the spring, the gap between the ones and the twos and the twos and the threes is so much smaller this year than it has been in years past. And that's when you start to turn the corner, and that's when you start to be able to compete and and have those competition battles and be able to say, okay, you know, we're, we're not going to be afraid to rotate this guy in because he's, you know, he might not have the experience, but he's an uber talented guy. And I think, you know, there's going to be some inexperience, especially on the defensive side of the ball. There's going to be some inexperience at certain positions. But the talent can sometimes outweigh maybe some of that inexperience. And with the coaching that we have and our ability to, you know, to produce and you know evaluate some of that talent and get those guys up to speed and you know and, and get those guys where they need to be at i think some of that that talent might mount might outweigh the inexperience we have as the season goes on and develop those guys into okay this is what we've been waiting to see and i think you're going to see that with the offensive line and like i said Drew scruggs was the heaviest guy we had on the interior offensive line when you're center is your in, heaviest interior guy at 310 pounds, that is, that is not a good thing. You're going to get pushed back all the time. And that didn't even dawn on me until I heard it on another Penn State podcast a couple weeks ago. thought to myself, holy shit, how, how is that possible that our center, 310 pounds, probably 310, 315, maybe pushing 320 these days, how is he the heaviest guy on the interior? That, I mean, that alone tells you why we couldn't run the ball last year. And if you look at our backfield, we have, I know they actually got to do it, same with every other position, but on paper, we have the most talented backfield in the entire country. But no one knows about it because we couldn't get the running game going. I think I heard we were 113th in the country in rush yards per game last year. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, we, I hate the word literally, but we literally cannot be any worse than we were last year running the ball. Like, fig- like, literally and figuratively, we cannot be any worse than we were last year. So I, I think if you look at the offensive line, having those guys like like Tangwall, like I said, 6'6", 332 pounds, and you got Hunter Norzad, 6'3", 315, an experienced guy. He's got a lot of love already from the guys around him being on campus for a handful, a handful of weeks. Um, he's a guy who the physicality is there. And that's what I've been. That's what I've been saying, and that's what we've been missing is that physicality and the ability to control the line of scrimmage, the ability to sustain drives, finish those blocks, open up those holes, and we want the guys who 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 want to engage in that contact and beat the shit out of the other on the guy on the other side of the offensive line and control that line of scrimmage and keep keep your quarterback upright. Let him find those talented receivers and tight ends. You know, get those running backs going, like. 
I again, I know it's easier said than done, but we have all the all the talent and the names and size and ability to do so. Now we talk about do it. Speaking of those talented receivers and the tight ends, we have a lot of them. And like I mentioned, what what Franklin said in the spring, the gap between the ones and the twos and twos and the threes is a lot more is a lot smaller this year than it has been. You know, receivers, you got Keandre Lambert Smith, Parker Washington. Western Kentucky transfer Mitchell Tinsley, who I think is going to be an absolute star. Um, you had guys like Malik Mega, who had some some spark plays last year and, and got things going. I think I, I looked at him to be another guy who's going to get some run. Uh, Liam Clifford, John Clifford's brother, Harrison Wallace, um, Jaden Dodden, you know Mason Stahl. I think there's a, a ton of guys in there. Tyler Johnson. Uh, I think there's a ton of guys in there that are that are going to get run, um, you know, early and often. And then you got someone like Caden Saunders, Anthony Ivy. True freshman coming in. Caden Saunders was Penn State's first commit for the class of 2022. And he got on campus early. And I think he's going to be another guy on special teams you'll see him. And you'll see him definitely on offense. And he's going to get some run too. So that that receiver room is very talented and very deep. And I think that's, that's one of those things. If we're going to get to that next level, if we're going to take that step, like that's what you need to have. You, you can have the talent, but if you only got you know, three, four guys maybe that, that you can put out there and rely on them, that's not going to get you that to that point. You need to have, you know, five, six, maybe seven guys deep that you can put in there, rotate, and, and, and not miss a beat. And I think that with the receiver position, obviously we saw what the tight end position can do. I think, you know, we didn't throw to them enough, but I think the, the inability for us to run the ball, the inability for us to really open up the pass game, you know, we maybe relied on them to block a little bit more last year uh, as the season went on, the injuries, you know, there's a lot of different things that factored into why we didn't throw to the tight ends. But, you know, much like the running back room, we have arguably one of the most talented tight end rooms in the country on paper. Tyler Warren, Theo Johnson, Brandon Strange. If you can find me, as the season goes on, if you can find me three better tight ends, then, then, then show me. I know Georgia's got theirs. I know Notre Dame's got theirs. But I think these guys are are top of the top of the charts, and they're all like they can all do the same thing. Tyler Warren, Theo Johnson can both stretch the field. So so can Brendan Strange. They both can catch across the middle. They both can catch the short yards. They all can. They all can block, and they're all super athletic and super talented. So I think this is going to be a coming out party for all three of them. I know we've seen them all in different different facets do their thing, um, and they've all made some plays. But I think this is going to be a year where at, you know, as the season goes on, it's going to be one of those things where you look at it and you're like, yeah, I'm, that's those guys are those guys are dogs. And you hear that a lot in sports, having that dog in you. These guys have all shown that they have it. We just haven't had the ability to to get them super involved. But I think this year changes that. And you got a guy like Jerry Cross coming in, a freshman tight end. He might not play this year, but if we get in those situations where you know we're up up big on certain teams, I think you'll see someone like him pop in and and show exactly what he can do and why he was, you know, a Milwaukee kid coming to Penn State to play tight end because we can develop those tight ends and we've you've seen it happen with Mike Kosicki and Pat Fryermuth and I think Strange, Johnson, Warren, and eventually Jerry Cross. Those guys are next in line. Mention the running backs. Find me a deeper running back room in, in college football. You can't do it. We got um, Devin Ford, been there for a while. Kaziah Holmes, been there for a while, injured, you know, but I think he's he's someone who's going to ha- have a place on this team going going forward on this in this season. Kevon Lee, we've seen what he can do. Those three names, 
again, we've seen what we've seen, we've seen what they can do, but last year just couldn't get anybody going. And it's you know it was kind of like all right, someone someone go get a hundred yards, and that didn't happen often. So it was, you know, whoever had the hot hand, and that hot hand was maybe getting you know 35 45 maybe 50 yards in the game that's how that's how bad things got for us um so that was that was tough but i think you're gonna see those guys have much bigger roles oh and i didn't even mention ktron allen and and nicholas singleton coming in singleton by the way the national gatorade high school player of the year from from pa governor mifflin staying at penn state he's gonna be a stud Stud, and I've heard nothing but good things about him. You remember when Saquon Barkley came in, and you, and you saw him? He looked like a a true freshman. He had the he had the tree trunk legs, but didn't really fill out until you know late that 2016 season, and then on, obviously on into 2017, he was a monster. Singleton, he's man, he he's ready to go. He's got that frame, six feet, two twenty. He's got that frame. He's got that burst catching. You know they got to work on that because they don't do that much in in high school. You don't really need to. Um, but I think, you know, it's, I'd love to see him be that guy, but those, those other four guys are super talented. Don't sleep on guys like Katron Allen and Kaziah Holmes. Holmes has been injured, hasn't get as much, as much run as Devin Ford and, and Kevon Lee. And then we had, um, no Kanan there transferred to LSU. So, you know, Kaziah Holmes kind of got lost in the shuffle, but I think he's going to, he's going to be a guy that surprises a lot of people. So don't sleep on guys like him and, and Katron Allen, cause they're both have enormous, um, enormous, um, potential and in a room for opportunity on this offense. All right, let's go to the elephant in the room, Sean Clifford. What what are we going to expect from Sean Clifford this year? I think if, 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 big ifs, if the offensive line is where we need them to be at and play like we need them to play, look, Sean Clifford's numbers over the last three seasons are not bad. They're not bad. He's got, I think, 62 to 24 touchdown interception ratio. He's going to hold every single Penn State passing record that there is to have by the time the season's over, hopefully. And I think that's one of it's one of those things where if if the offensive line can hold up, and having a second year under Mike Yurcich is enormous for him. Because, like I said, he's not like he's not a bad quarterback. He's made some he's made some bad throws, but it's. McSorley, it happened to McSorley, and then obviously we know what happened to Hackenberg. With with an offensive line that's not good, and your your mental clock goes off like as soon as you get the ball and you need to get that out, it doesn't allow you to set your feet and scan the field and find the right receiver and make those right plays. And when you're not able to run the ball and you're just and you're just out there basically on an island and you're just trying to make everything happen for yourself, it's not good and it takes away some confidence. And I think. Having the offensive line step up just a little bit, just give me like an average, slightly above average offensive line. Having that happen, giving him the pocket, protecting him, keeping him upright, not having him get out of the pocket and try and make plays with his feet, but allowing him to find those tight ends and find their receivers. I think this could be one of those seasons, and we've seen it under Yurcich with guys that they put up crazy numbers. You know, not just like a 32, 3,500 yard season with 30 touchdowns, like, you know, 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns type of thing. We have all the weapons that he could need. All the weapons that he could need. I know we lost Jahan Dotson, but let me tell you, if you haven't seen Mitchell Tinsley play football, 
Yes, he was one of the best receivers in the country last year. And I know they threw the ball all over the field, but you still got to go out and make the catches and make the plays and get the yards after the catch. You still got to go out and do that. And he, he did that. So I think him coming here, I know we lose another, uh, one, uh, one number five, but another number five coming in, I think he's going to pick up where Jahan Dotson left off. Parker Washington, a lot of people don't know about him. You know, because he, he's been under he's been under Jahan Dotson for the last two seasons, but this year I think people are gonna, are gonna realize that he is just as good, just as good as the guys that are in Columbus. I think Parker Washington is an absolute star, and I would not be surprised if, if he made an All American team this year. He is a star, and people are gonna realize it this year. Um, but if Sean Clifford, you know, we have another thing is though we haven't had the depth at quarterback that you need. If your guy goes down, I mean, we were screwed last year when Sean Clifford went down. I mean, it's no knock to Taquan Roberson. I know that they they prepare those guys for those situations, but he just wasn't ready and just wasn't good. That's very simple. And in Christian Veyu was not even if Taquan Roberson wasn't ready at that point, there was no way in hell that Veyu was ready. No way in hell that he was ready. So it took it took a while for Veyu to get there, but he showed waking you against Rutgers. Granted, it was Rutgers, so I'm not putting a ton of stock in there, but nonetheless, he showed that he can make some throws and be a reliable court, backup quarterback. Drew Allard and Bo Perbula. I mean, you got a you got a five star, like top quarterback in the country dude coming in and, and Allard, 6'5", 242. He's not, you know, none of those three guys, Pabula. Bayou or, or Alar, none of them are going to start this year. It's going to be Clifford. But if he goes down, you know, we have talent behind him. We have depth behind him. It, you know, experience, no, obviously, with two of them being true freshmen. But we have depth. And Alar is the future at Penn State at, at the quarterback position. So, you know, in an ideal world, he comes into the he comes into fall camp and Everything he's been working on from the time he got here in January up until now pays off, and he rushes by Clifford, and he's just like takes off like Trevor Lawrence did at Clemson when he came in, and we go on and do special things like that. That's a perfect world, but I don't think that's going to happen. Now, if Clifford gets hurt, like I said, we have the options, so you hope that those guys are preparing and acting like they can get in at some point this season. And I'm sure those, I'm sure they will. I'm sure there's going to be those games where the the backup and the backups get in, and we can we can see what they can do maybe and um, know what we have. But and I I put no stock into what we saw from those guys in in the blue white game. No stock. They had been there for two months. Completely different game. Completely different speed. Both of them made some good throws between Al, Alar. Is it Alar? Alar? I don't really know. It doesn't matter. Heisman. I, whatever. Number one draft pick, all that kind of good stuff. Between him and Prabula, like they made some good throws, they made some bad decisions, but like I expected that, and everyone else too. So, I knock on wood. I hope to God that we can have one healthy season of Sean Clifford, because if we can, and that offensive line can stay healthy and do what we need them to do, this is going to be a very, very, very special season. And I said it in 2019 when we had a defense that could do so. We had talent on offense. Sean Clifford needs to keep up with C.J. Stroud. I said it in 2019. He needed to keep up with um, Justin Fields. And if you look at his numbers up until up until that Minnesota game, he was doing it. He had a slightly worse completion percentage. I think Fields was at like 66, and Clifford was at like 60 or 61. He had more passing yards. Fields had 24 touchdowns, one interception, 
and Clifford had 20 touchdowns, three interceptions. So he was there. Like he, he, it, he has the talent to do so. He can make the throws. But you know, having a weak offensive line and not being able to really put everything you have into that one snap has really hampered him. And then getting hurt, obviously, can't control that. So just pray to the football gods that, that he can that he can survive the season. Defensively, I think we're going to be. Look, I love what Brent Pry did. I love how how elite our defense was at times with him. I think Manny Diaz is going to be better. I think his defense is going to be better. I think that you're going to see a defense that maybe we haven't seen in a very long time when it, in terms of bringing those guys and letting your guys play free and get after the quarterback. And if you have followed Manny Diaz throughout his career, all of his defenses basically since he began have been at the top in the, in the country in sacks, tackles for loss. They give up some big plays, but it's very minimal, very minimal. And I think you're going to see that this year. Starting up front, I think that's going to be one of the stronger points of this team. You know, you got guys like um, PJ Mustafer, Kaziah Izzard, uh, Devon Ellis. Uh, those guys, I think, are going to be those anchors inside. I'm very excited that PJ Mustafer is coming back. Don't know how he's going to hold up as the season goes on. So I think that's why it's good to have that kind of depth behind him. Um, Jordan Vandenberg, um, I, I think he's another guy who can step in. Hakeem Beeman's another guy who can step in. Uh, Alex Fermanek. I mean, we have some depth there. It's Again, it's another one of those things where we have some inexperience, but we have a ton of depth. So I'm very excited about that. Another name to keep an eye on is true freshman Zane Durant. It's very rare for a true freshman defensive lineman, like let alone a defensive tackle, to come in and make a splash like he did. And he was he's, he was the, the true freshman who got the most love heading into the offseason. And he's 6'1", 272, reminds me kind of a, what you know Jay Hill was when he was when he started off. Jay Hill played as a freshman too. That was that was for a lack of a lack of depth. But nonetheless, he played. And Zane Durant, he's gonna get he's gonna get a lot of a lot of looks in there. And I think that he's gonna be in that rotation early and often. So that's another name to keep an eye on. The end spot, boy. We have some dudes that are there. We have some dudes. You look at guys like Adisa Isaac. I feel like nobody knows who he is because of the injury that he had last year. And his his ceiling and the way he was getting talked up for his potential was, you know, he was that next defensive end at Penn State, that next All-American type of guy. And, you know, if he's healthy, he, he's a guy who's going to make an immediate impact. You got a guy like Chopper Robinson, um, transferred from Maryland. He's a sophomore. He played a bunch as a freshman. Uh, five-star guy. Yo, similar size to Epicady, 6'3", 242. And Franklin's going to, hopefully, he has a similar impact that Epicady did. Come in immediately against Wisconsin. You felt that, okay, yep, this is what we needed. We needed that spark. And he can provide that spark. And if not, you know, it's okay because, again, we have depth there. Um, Smith Vilbert showed out in, in the bowl game and towards the end of the season with, I believe, three sacks in that bowl game against against Arkansas, a game that we all want to forget. But nonetheless, he's another guy, 6'6", 256. He's another guy who's going to come out and, and be be one of those rotational guys who's going who's gonna to make an impact. Uh, Rodney McGraw is another guy. Uh, Nick Tarburton, you know, he's, he's another guy who had a really strong season last year, and he's going to play a bunch. And one of the names that I, that I have been most looking forward to since he since he committed to Penn State and 
maybe since Michael Parsons have I been this excited about a a guy coming in on the defensive side. Deny Dennis Sutton. He is going to be like the guy going forward. In the next three years, because that's all he's going to last in State College, he is going to be a beast. Like All-American, you know, top five draft pick type of deal. He has that potential. His last two years in, in, in high school, 2020 was, was wiped out. Last year, had some shoulder stuff. He, he's healthy now. Like he's, he's been healthy. He dominated. All the camps he went to, he dominated the All-American game, got the most love there. I know none of that matters until you get on the field in college and prove that you can do so, right? But, but those five-star guys, they're five stars for a reason because they are the cream of the crop, and those are the guys that can come in, like Micah Parsons did as a true freshman, and give that spark that no one else can provide. And I'm not saying he's going to go off for you know, 10 to 12 sacks this year and, you know, 15 tackles for loss or whatever. But, but, and I know he's coming in late too to the rotation. You know, he just got on campus less less than a month ago. But he's a guy to keep an eye on as someone who, as the, as camp goes on, that he can maybe, maybe scratch that, that starting, that starting nod. I don't think so because there's a lot of good guys ahead of him. But, like, I mean, just because he's not starting doesn't mean he's not going to come in right away. So, another guy that can make an immediate impact uh, on, on the defense. Linebacker might be the quote-unquote weakest part of our, of, our, of our defense, but I think as the season goes on, and you know, heads up, Manny Diaz is, the, is the, not only the defense coordinator, but the linebacker's coach, much like uh, Brent Pry was. But I think as the season goes on, it's, it's not going to be a weak spot. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be a strong suit, but I think it's not going to be a weak spot. I think those guys will come along. We have a lot of, lot of young guys in there, but a ton of talent that can, if they can develop, and Diaz can get to them, this this group can be can, can be full of studs. Jonathan Sutherland made the move from safety down to outside linebacker. I think he'll be one of those hybrid roles. I think Diaz, who loves to blitz guys from the outside, I think that he's going to do that a lot. Curtis Jacobs, same thing. He showed out last year. Him and Sutherland, this is his. This is their group. Okay, those. I mean, Jacobs is a sophomore. Sutherland is a fifth-year senior. But this, those, those are the the alpha males of that group. You got guys like Abdul Carter, true freshman coming in. Big kid. He's like that Mike linebacker position, kind of up for grabs. You know, Carter, uh, Kobe King, a redshirt freshman, uh, Jamari Budden, another another guy. Those guys, you know, sparingly last year, but the, the talent is there. The talent is there. And again, if these guys can develop just a little bit this year, not saying reach their potential this year, but just a little bit this year, I think yes, this this group will go from a potential weak spot question mark to you know. Three, four, five games in the season, you're gonna be like, okay, yep, this is, yep, this is what we wanted to see. So I'm very excited about what the linebackers have have going there. Secondary, I think we saved the best, best, best for last uh, on this team. I think this is this is probably going to be the strongest group that we have. I think when you look at how we are going to beat teams defensively, obviously, I think as a whole, I think we're going to be phenomenal. But you look at Ohio State. For example, I know that's, you know, a long ways away. But for example, they have arguably the best receiving core in the country. One of them. Our secondary matches up and can shut them down. I know Joey Porter Jr. had a not a great second half of the season. I know I was every week I was saying our, our secondary is elite. And I 
I believed that basically all season because I, I knew we had the talent there. But you look at guys, Joey Porter Jr., you know, came back another season to have that kind of, um, you know, that makeup season, and that unfinished business type of thing. He's He has an elite ceiling, like an elite NFL ceiling. It's in his blood, obviously, but we've seen what he can do. We've seen that he has the ability, big kid, 6'2", almost 200 pounds, playing corner. That's not, you know, that's kind of rare. So I think he's 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 a guy much like Curtis Jacobs, PJ Mustafer, Sutherland. He's gonna be a leader of this team. Opposite him, Kalen King. He's another guy. Ceiling it is is it is it's extremely high. And he had a ton of preseason accolades last year. You know, freshman All American, all that kind of good stuff. And he he had some moments of of yeah. Hey, this guy's a true freshman. Okay, made that mistake, but. He whole season he was he was trying to make plays and he was always he was always there. Might have missed a couple of them, but he was always there. And then you get that full season under your belt and you learn from guys like Joey Porter and Terry Castro Fields, who's off the NFL. You learn from those guys. You learn from the best of the best. I think he's gonna he's gonna take that next step. And it's all about taking that next step for these guys. Everybody on the team, you know. And obviously it's a big if. And all everything that I'm saying right now, obviously, like. Everything I'm saying, it's it's a big if. If player XYZ takes the next step. Like, no shit they have to do so. But if they do, this this is one of those teams that can that can make that can make that run that we've always wanted to have. Okay? And you look at safety. Jair Brown, I mean, you know, I know he was overshadowed by an all American in um Jaquan Brisker, and rightfully so, but hey, he's He's no slouch. Led the nation in interceptions last year. Um, he's next to him. He's got Jalen Reed. Um, he's got Ski Wheatley. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be Wheatley. You don't don't sleep on Keaton Ellis getting out there a bunch. Makai Flowers, true freshman. I don't know what kind of run he'll get, but you know he's he's another guy who's gonna be out there. Kevin Winston. Like we have so much talent. I said at the beginning, top to bottom, this is the most talented team that James Franklin has ever had. Not just at Penn State, but his entire college coaching career. I think this team can can go places. Those big guys up front on the offense, that's going to start everything for us, and everything else will follow. I think this team has a ton of potential, maybe more than than most teams that that Franklin has had when you head into a season outside of maybe 2017. I think this team has a ton of potential, and yes, the schedule start is is I can say daunting, but it, it's challenging for sure. But that's why you give. That's why you give Franklin that extension because he's proven that he that he can do it. I know he's lost some of those games. He's proven he can do it. You know, and we have three head coaches on our team. We got Franklin, obviously. We got um, Manny Diaz on defense, and we got Mike Yurcich on offense. We have three head coaches on our team, and I think Manny Diaz is arguably one of the better and bigger names in, in the coaching uh, defensively i should say in, in college football and he his his hire was one of the least talked about things and probably one of the more impactful moves of the college football offseason diaz to penn state replacing brent pry obviously off to virginia tech wish him the best there but like this team can do it this team can do it and i'm going to talk it up and you guys are going to hate it like every year, this is this is what happens. I think we can go twelve and zero. I think we can win every game on this on, on the schedule, and I think we can beat every team ahead of us because we have the talent to do so. 
We have the coaches. We have the development. And I think this year, this is the year where that offensive line finally comes together. And in, in, after that first game, you're going to be like, yes, this is what we wanted to see. So having said all that, there's plenty of time. Like I said, we have 42 days until the season starts. So let's, let's enjoy, enjoy camp. Pray to God there's no injuries because we can't afford that. Um, check out the blog. The offensive preview or the defensive preview is going out. Uh, offensive preview is already out. Check out my Twitter feed. Read that. Um, and then I will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy your weekend coming up. Guys, always remember we are.